0: This is Brock and Salk. Brock Hewitt is my hero. James Huter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. On Seattle Sports. But we're going to see you the doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. it does, Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard.
1: Now here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk.
0: Hello. hello! Yep, hello. It is Brock and Salk Seattle sports on 710 seattlesports.com and the Seattle sports app plus podcast platforms wherever you find them. Thank you for doing so. And thanks for uh, being with us today on a Monday, 85 degrees expected today in Seattle, which is always nice as uh, we head into this like bizarre June summer thing. That's just been going on forever. Just awesome. Just fantastic time to be here in Seattle uh, did you
2: make it through your golf? in I did. The rain on Friday. I
0: did. It rained. Yeah. It no, well, you brought it up
2: a few times. We knew.
0: Well, it did rain uh, when I <laughs> left. I was uh, I was cold, and my feet were sopping. Oh, uh, but you it play, was, though? Uh, I actually played okay. I actually, uh, had a really nice time. Ended up uh, getting paired. With one of the teaching pros at the home course, Shane. Shout out to Shane, who cool. was awesome, really great dude, and uh, really fun to be down there. And uh, yeah, had a lot of fun. Well, that's On- nice. So you earn some golf karma. That's kind of what I felt. Like it's like the you know like the bonus <laughs> points when you go for a run in lousy weather. Like holy totally. eh,
1: I'm out here. That's this what- is. I deserve it. That's what we always – we motorcycle people say. It's like you ride through the terrible weather. It's like right. you're banking up some good days for yourself. Yeah.
0: So what's interesting, though, on Friday, so after playing golf, I came back home, and Heather was going out with uh, – she was going out with a friend, and Avery was out uh, singing on, with her choir. And so it was just me and Cecily, my younger daughter, who was nine. And so, Justin, thanks for the Tacos Chuki's re- uh, recommendation. Ooh, yeah, did you like it? Well, we ended up going Saturday as a family. It was great. But yeah. Friday night, I thought to, you know, thinking about what to do with Cesslis and make it sort of fun since we were the only two left. Everyone else had ditched us. So we decided to go to whatever the version of Benny Benihana's is that's now in Bellevue. Tokyo something. I forget what it's called. Sure. There is no more Benihanas left in Seattle, apparently. Mm -hmm. So we, But I wanted to do the whole Benihana experience, thought she'd enjoy that, make it kind of fun. So it's an interesting crowd, I got to tell you. Friday Friday at like 6.15, maybe 6.30 in Bellevue (laughs) at the Benihanas. (laughs) Hysterical. So we get seated at a table. There's only six people. I know the tables fit like 12, but it's not too crowded. I'm not going to lie. Sure. So uh, two people on one end, two people on one end, and then us in the middle. On one end (laughs) is a couple on a date for her birthday, all dressed up for their fancy night out at Benihana's, have to be at the the oldest 17. (laughs) Oh, okay. High school couple out for her birthday, adorable, right? She's all dressed up, right? They're you know, they're ordering soda no drinks or anything like that, Obviously, right? Yeah. So that was that was on one side, but that also does, by the way, bring out the guy banging the drum and saying happy birthday, <laughs> I was say which the is which <laughs> is just awesome. <laughs> just what I wanted. To my right, two Seahawks linemen. Excuse me? Yeah. Now I'm not going to name these two guys because, quite frankly, I don't know what their names are. I have no idea who it was, but you could, huh? How did you know? Well, because first of all, there's only so many people in the world that look like they play in the NFL on on the line. Offensive line, defensive line. That quickly narrows the group down.
1: most live in downtown Bellevue.
0: Right. So that that really narrows down the possibilities. And certainly when you hear them overhear them, not that I'm, you know, spying or anything, but when you overhear them mention the VMAC, you're like, okay, well, these obviously (laughs) are are Seahawks in some fashion. I don't know who it was. Maybe they were famous. Maybe they were not. Maybe they were starters. Maybe they were guys just in for camp that are going to be gone here in a couple of weeks. I Honestly, I have no idea, but seeing the amount of food that a ordered and b consumed was truly awesome. <laughs> Did Cecily realize what was going on? Maybe. Heck no! Not okay. until they left. And I was like, you know, those guys play for the Seahawks, right? And she was like, what? Like, totally blew her mind that two Seahawks could just be out in public having Sounds dinner. Sounds like a
1: great teppanyaki date. It for was. You yes, and
0: four other people. It was
1: a riot. So the so the two guys
0: <laughs> were. um So they ordered a lot. So both guys ordered double everything. Like basically just whatever you ordered, double it. And then one guy was like, oh, yeah. And would you just throw on a side salmon? (laughs) So they essentially had triple meat, double rice, and all he could talk about the whole time was how much he loved the rice. He was like, oh, dude. I need more rice. Like, let's just bring bring on the rice. Let's go. More rice. Keep coming. Man, after my own more heart. rice. I know. Yeah. Oh, there God. was, he ate so much fried rice. I've never seen it. I, it was, oh, fried
2: rice? Yes.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Oh, dude. The fried rice is great. Yeah. So it was uh, it was a, just a great experience, just sort of watching this entire thing go down and how
1: much food they could consume. So obviously, Cecily loved it. You guys had a great night. This was a good choice, is what you're saying.
0: We, oh yeah, it was great. So the last thing though, I will tell you about the two guys sitting next to me is that at the end, they neither had finished their gigantic meals. They both had I don't know maybe a quarter left. So they had eaten one and a half, maybe close to two meals, but couldn't quite finish everything on there. So they got their their uh, you know little little boxes to go. At which point, one guy said to the other, Do you think we'll just end up finishing these in the car ride home?
1: Yeah, they know themselves they do <laughs> yeah awesome
0: anyway that you were,
2: was you were really eavesdropping you
1: were, you were paying attention well at that
0: point club. they were just talking fairly loudly i mean it was not like i would had my, like you know it's a it's a it's a group dining situation right. i mean, I mean i'm I not it. like it would be like overhearing your dining partner i mean like it's okay. not even eavesdropping they're literally like <laughs> at my table a foot and a half away i mean we're we're very, I'm very like close.
2: Cecily might be in your own
0: conversation. Well, we were. I mean, we were having a pretty deep conversation about how we were going to go to Dairy Queen afterwards, which she <laughs> eventually won, and and oh, we did end up going to a little DQ. As a kid,
2: the chocolate dip cone was my favorite. Oh, no. soft serve Dilly chocolate bars. dip. Oh, no, what no, What is Cecily no. like? No, Blizzard. Ah, uh, okay.
0: Straight Blizzard. I offer that, like, hey, do you want to do a little chocolate? No, Blizzard. So, uh, yeah, she did a cookie dough Blizzard, and I was unable to... Unable to avoid the greatest Dairy Queen order ever, which I've mentioned before. It's what I same thing I get at Culver's. It's not quite as good at Dairy Queen, but it's very good. And that is the the uh, Reese's peanut butter cup blizzard with banana mixed in. It. <gasps> so
2: good.
1: Just gotta add in the little. Just gotta add in the little banana. Are or, we
2: avoiding talking you about something right now? Do all this right to now?
1: avoid. A weekend that we don't no. Know so let's talk about the, the golf RBC. yesterday. The golf was
0: unbelievable. Oh, man. RBC was fun to watch. Yeah, I turned off the Mariners game in the second and was watching the <laughs> golf. Took a nap for about an hour or so. Woke up for the playoff and uh, unbelievable drama. I mean, that was truly as as great as it gets, right? Playoff. National pride on the line. You know Nick Taylor went to UW too, right? right. So, so the guy. local yeah. connection. Both he and C.T. Pan, who was in it uh, yesterday as well, were that. both U-Dub guys. But uh, yeah, Nick Taylor, UW player uh, who's been in golf since forever. But with all of the other Canadian golfers around and watching and cheering him on and the crowd going crazy, becomes the first Canadian in a generation to win the RBC Heritage Canadian Open. Pretty darn cool. That was awesome. Man. Yeah, it was a fun moment yesterday. Really fun to watch. So,
1: Okay, but, that's about it then.
0: All right, so great weekend. <laughs> uh, I hope everybody had fun. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed you know, I, you know, I do have some thoughts on the Mariners, of course. Um I was going to go a little more detail and depth on this at 7 o'clock, but I, I guess I'll just say this. They played a little better at time. They hit better this weekend. They really did. Like, credit to them. They worked counts. They didn't go up and just immediately give up at bats. They worked counts. They got all three starters out of the game fairly early. I mean, they didn't fully take advantage, and certainly yesterday, Logan Gilbert didn't have it. But they they played, quote-unquote, they hit better. They had a better approach. Mm-hmm. And Saturday was 16 hits or something. I mean, obviously they did. But they still played badly. Do you know what I mean? Like, they did some of those things they haven't been doing well better, which is great. And maybe that's a good sign for the future. I don't know. I'm done trying to predict what this team's about to do. But they're they have two things about them that really drive me crazy. One, they're sloppy as hell, man. They are sloppy in a way that they haven't been, as far as I can remember anyway, in the entirety of the Scott Service regime, mm-hmm. which is now a fairly long time. But they are sloppy. They really are. Like, they make errors at the wrong times. They get picked off constantly. They're leading the league and getting picked, or second in the league and getting picked off. i are uh, not know, running the bases well. They're all, not running the bases well at all. And they give up, it seems like pretty easily. They haven't been a lot of you score, I score, you score, I score. Now maybe it's just because they don't hit and that's been the problem. So I you know, I totally recognize that this is an observation that has, you know, a flaw inherent in the in the observation, but it sure looks like you. they give up quick, man. Like all right, we got a shot. Darn it! All right, let's pack it in and go How home. How
2: much do we talk about their resilience last year? Uh, I, you. I emailed you guys last night. Like they yep. just they don't have any call. this year.
0: No, they they have not at all. So. <sighs> Very frustrating. Very frustrating weekend, even though they played and hit a little bit better, to still be at that spot and to still lose two out of three to an Angels team that I absolutely despise. uh, Very, very challenging weekend. We will talk more about it. And Shannon Dreher, yeah, Shannon will be in for two hours today, coming in at 8 o'clock, so we'll spend some time really digging into what the heck is going on over there. Maybe she can bring some fried rice. You know what? Maybe she'll bring those uh, blondies that she she makes. Does she have enough time to make them? No, but, you know, maybe she's got a, a, you know, Sous-chef or something. Who knows? Keep some frozen or whatever. That's what my mom does with her brownie. She just keeps them frozen. So at any point, you can go after a brownie at my right. mom's house. Right. It's hard to imagine why I need an Eastside Weight Loss Clinic. We'll be right back <laughs> with everything you need to know next. Need to know.
3: 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk.
0: Here's what you need to know. Up first. Another weekend, another lost series against an opponent that's over 500, And, yes, it does burn a little bit more when it's against the Angels, a team I absolutely hate. To be fair to the Mariners, they did play a little bit better offensively. They did have more good at-bats. They did have a little better focus in the batter's box. And they did try to put more pressure on the opposing pitcher, but, unfortunately, it didn't work.
3: Obviously, um, did not uh, play very good, clean baseball. I know this really good, uh Right when I think we're starting to turn the corner a little bit and we continue to, to take a step backwards so uh, frustrating in that regard, obviously Logan um, you know did not have his, his a game today, and they were on it early The fastball fastball command wasn't great, tried to use his slider and all speed pitches to, to work his way through it uh, you know just was a struggle with him today.
0: it obviously was, and not the only one unfortunately, Luis Castillo was good except when he wasn't on Friday gave up a couple of home runs. Gilbert, as he said, didn't really have it. They just make too many mistakes. Three pickoffs and a killer error on Friday that really helped the Angels win this series. Am I convinced that Anaheim has a better roster than the Mariners? No. Flat no. Not even close but I think they're playing quality baseball while the Mariners are very obviously not doing that, and Scott says that's the key to this thing moving forward. I'm
3: frustrated by it. I think we all are. Uh, I think at times it's lack of focus. These are things that we have talked about, and and, you know it's really important not to give outs up on the bases. We have addressed it uh, multiple times, and and lack of focus, we make mistakes at critical times, and um, you're not going to win. You're not going to win in this league doing that. I don't care how many hits you get or how many scoreless innings. You've got to play clean. You've got to make the plays defensively, run the bases really smart, heads up, uh, and be strategic about when you're taking chances. So we haven't done that.
0: No, they certainly have not. It's funny. The worst mistake I thought all weekend was A.J. Pollock's on Saturday and didn't end up costing them because they won that game. But, gosh, getting picked off second base with Julio Rodriguez up late in the game. like what? That? Where are you going? Sit your back fat behind on second base and don't go anywhere. To me, that was like a fireable offense. Just just traumatizing to watch. Anyway, they're back home tonight. No day off since they did have two on the road trip. Marlins will be in town for three. Bryce Miller on the hill. Here's the second thing you need to know. Anybody else find themselves thinking this weekend about what it would mean to go after Shohei Ohtani this offseason? His pitch to Ohtani. Swung on and destroyed to right
3: field. This one's not coming back on. Otani has done it again. 18th home run of the season. A no-doubter
0: to right field. The Angels take two back. The Mariners still lead 3-2. to two. Yeah, it's hard not to watch him and think about what could be now... If the Angels keep winning, I guess it's possible he doesn't go anywhere. Maybe he starts to like it there. Maybe he feels like they have a good plan, and maybe he sticks around. I don't know. Now, if the Mariners do go after him, is it a Hail Mary desperate attempt to shoot the moon, or is this the thing that would put them over the top? It certainly would create a terrifying rotation. And that might also allow them to trade from strength. Plus it would make this outfield just absolutely ridiculous, right? I mean, the idea of a Kelnick, Otani julio outfield moving forward would be a lot of fun for many years to come. I wonder how much you'd be willing, up, willing to give up to get him, and I don't mean money. Obviously, you don't have to give up players to get him, but do you have to give up control? Is this like a Russell Wilson-Aaron Rodgers situation where he wants certain types of players around, he wants a certain manager around, What is it he wants? I'd be very curious to get inside his brain. It's obviously tricky, and they haven't shown much of an ability to understand him yet, given that they tried to make this happen a few years ago and ultimately were left at the altar. So it may be a pipe dream, but it's certainly something we'll be talking about heading into this offseason. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, after a crazy week of business mergers, hypocrisy and double crosses, the PGA ended on a high note. Are you serious? Oh, my goodness. Glorious and free. (laughs) Canada has a conquering hero. They sure do. His name is Nick Taylor. He's actually a Husky, and he sinks a... 72-foot putt for Eagle in the fourth playoff hole to defeat Tommy Fleetwood. Just incredible. It's the longest putt of his entire career with many of the Canadian golfers looking on, some of the Brits eventually showing up to support Fleetwood, the crowd going crazy for the Canadians. It was pure. It was real. It was everything we did not see all week long in a perfect lead-in for U.S. Open that should be pretty nuts this weekend at L.A. Country Club. Incredible weekend for Sue Bird. The city showed up to honor her as her jersey was hung from the rafters. 21 years she played here, winning four titles to go with her five Olympic gold medals, records for assists and wins and games played and all-star appearances. Different
2: ways. You guys all like glued me together at all times, at all years. So thank you so much. Um, Shout out to my left knee. I couldn't go without saying you did it. We did it. It was rough, but we did it. (laughs) She still can't straighten her bend. But we did
0: it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, great night uh, for Sue Bird, who is the GOAT in so many ways. couple of series at 3 1, both Miami teams on the short side of it. NBA game five tonight. Denver looking to close it out. Same with Vegas tomorrow. That is everything you need to know. And we do that quarter past every hour here on That's the
1: Brock and Salt show. surprised you didn't uh, put the security guard who tackled. Yeah. I forget his name now. Adam Hadwin. Adam Hadwin. Yeah. Um, immediately following this. <laughs> so <punk> funny. <laughs>
0: So great. So Adam Hadwin, That's a Corey core tackle. That's a Oh solid dude, tackle. he got drilled. Adam <laughs> Hadwin, Corey Connors and uh and Mike Weir were all there kind of cheering on as as fellow Canadian golfers. And uh, he comes running out. If you haven't seen it yet, it's it's worth your time. He comes running out after the win with the champagne, and he's going to pop the big, you know, big bottle of champagne. And the security guard just drills
1: him, do his job, takes
0: him to the ground. And you can see on one of the close-ups, uh, both uh, Nick Taylor and his caddy being like, "Wait, wait, no." Uh it's so good.
1: Uh, so. Yes, it, it makes it even, that's what makes it so funny, is that champagne spraying all over the place oh my gosh, and then it's just great. getting tackled.
0: It's just awesome. Just, a, just a, the whole thing was very pure. Again, it was everything last week was not. Well, everything last week is about money and, you know, business and all the behind-the-scenes stuff of what's going on with the tour right now. This was just, you know, national pride and playing golf and Tommy Fleetwood looking for his first ever PGA win after coming in second a whole bunch of times and winning in Europe. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a blast to watch and, and everything pure like sports is supposed to be. All right. More will take us around what was a busy weekend in sports. We will do it next. Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710 Seattle Sports dot com. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Shannon Dreyer will be in uh, to join us in studio today. I'll have a little conversation with her about what the heck is going on with this Mariner team. Also, Andrew Brandt. Uh, at 9:30 this morning, Andrew uh, of course does a lot of sports business stuff coming from the NFL side uh, but he had an interesting piece on sort of the future of sports and live and PGA and all that. Uh, so we'll talk to Andrew coming up at 9:30 this morning. It was as usual, a busy weekend of sports in and around Seattle and Mora will take us around the weekend
2: All right we're gonna we're gonna start with the Mariners. I don't think it's as bad as last weekend where we just have to, like, say two lines about them and move on. Like, they lost,
1: they lost again, and then they lost again. What's up?
2: But, you know, not great. Um, Friday, Luis Castillo had a pretty dominant night overall, pitching six innings, striking out ten, and only giving up three earned runs. But he did give up two home runs, one to Shohei Otani in the third and one to Mickey Maniak in the sixth. Those bombs and an RBI single from uh, Luis Frenjifo in the fourth gave the Angels enough for a one-run victory an uncharacteristic error when J.P. Crawford bobbled a grounder that would have ended the third inning allowed that Shohei Otani run.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: hated that. Yeah. Wow, I hated that.
1: Said it out loud. I said, watch. That run scores.
2: Of course. Next It's, pitch.
0: it's tough. Like, what are you going to do? Kill J.P. Crawford for his defense? No. Like, he's been just the baseball their steadiest player. You. It's just, when your team is in a rut, this is what happens. Yeah. You do more stuff like that. Of course that's going to end up costing you. Of course, that error is going to end up being the difference in that game. Of course, it's going to come back to bite you. That's how baseball works. And unfortunately, it keeps working against this team because for whatever reason, they make those mistakes at the wrong times. And that's how, you know, I, you're watching Friday, right? This has just been the Mariners all year. They do so much wrong, right? Which is what puts them in these bad spots. Then they get to the ninth inning and they go home run single, not single home run. Right? Get I mean, that. that's just like there's nothing yeah. that sums this team up better than that. <laughs> Except for the fact that they get that runner to second base with nobody out and fail to drive men. Uh-huh. JP had a tough day. I'm sure he was, you know, looking to do more and more after making the error, which had hurt them on Friday. But a pop-up with a man on second, all you got to do is pull. How many times have we seen a left-hander on this team pull a ground ball to the right side? Like, you know, a million? Ooh, over, yeah. They're pretty capable of rolling over ground balls to the right side. I've seen it happen countless times. Well, guess what? Man on second, nobody out. This is your chance to do the thing you do the most all the time. And instead, he pops up to third base, and then whatever it was, strikeout or a nothing. I don't forget what the other two were, but
1: it's it's like one big orchestra where one instrument is off at all times, and you could just tell the throws the whole performance off.
2: They can't sync up. Like you get one thing fixed and. It was another thing. Springs Elite. It is maddening.
0: Yeah, that was that was frustrating to me. I mean, but you know, defense makes an error. Castillo, your ace, gives up too many home runs, which you just can't have happen. You actually do a pretty good job against Otani. I mean, give them credit; they battled and fought early. They they did. They did better in terms of taking pitches and forcing Otani to be, you know, perfect, which he wasn't. And they get him out early into that game, which gives them a chance against that bullpen. And they even gave themselves a chance late in the game. But yeah. if, but if you're if you're going to pop up with a man on second, nobody out, Julio strikes out, and then Ty France. Give him credit. He hit it hard to the right center field. And it and it still gets caught because that's just sort of where they're at right now.
2: Yeah, uh, as you said, Shohei, uh, I mean, statistically had a worse outing than Castillo. Went five innings, giving up three on-runs, walked five, struck out six. Uh, but a Kelnick two-run shot in the first, Ty France single in the fifth, and a Mike Ford solo shot in the ninth were not enough offensively. As they lost five-four, Daniel Kramer of MLB.com wrote Saturday that the M's dropped to four and twenty-four when trailing after six innings.
0: I think that's sort of that give-up factor that uh what yeah. did you say resilience that we were talking about <laughs> earlier. Yeah, for, of all the games, I don't know. I, I, they did they did do some things better on Friday. Honestly, yeah. I mean we're going to get to Saturday and Sunday, well, so I was there's some play other this opportunities. Got
2: service down of yeah. what he said after Friday.
3: Did a lot of good things the end of the day. Um, it is about results. We're going to find a way to, to score more runs. And um, But, again, I think our, our swinging at the right pitches, grinding through at-bats, you know, we doing those things right tonight, we just ultimately didn't get the result we're looking for.
2: Saturday, they, they proved him right, that there were some signs of life there. Uh, first of all, Brian Wu pitching in his second start did uh, better, going four and two-thirds innings, giving up two hits, one walk, and striking out seven. And then the bullpen was lights out. But the best news was that some of that solid work that we saw on Friday did pay off. The M's racked up 16 hits, starting with this two-run bomb from Julio.
0: Here's the pitch. Swung on and blasted. Lift off in Anaheim. This one on the
3: way to the Rocks. One hop off the Rocks. Gone. Julio, a big blast. Two-run job. And the Mariners have the lead. Two-nothing. A screamer over the wall in left center.
2: Well, Julio started the scoring anyway.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All smoked.
2: Uh, He ended the night 3-for-5 with two RBI. J.P. Crawford went 4-for-5 with an RBI. And Eugenio Suarez would go 3-for-4 with an RBI and a walk. Everyone in the lineup except Dylan Moore had a hit. You can kind of excuse him. They kept talking about how he had no spring training.
0: (laughs) It was going to take him
2: a little while to get. (laughs)
0: Taking a look at pitching for the first time. What is going on out there? Um. Yeah, no, Saturday was good. I watched some of that. I wanted to really see Brian Wu and, and get a sense. I didn't get to see much of his first outing, not that there was a whole lot to see. Uh, so I wanted to kind of watch him and see what we were looking at. It's interesting, you know, not unlike Bryce Miller, there's not a lot of great secondary stuff. I mean, it's a lot of fastball, fastball really places it well, locates it well. He's got good movement on the fastball, but not a lot of secondary stuff, which is... You know, maybe why these guys are supposed to still be in double A and would be were it not for some of the injuries that are affecting them and the effective ineffectiveness of Chris Flexen, which is another conversation that we need to get into at some point. But, you know, they're not really supposed to be here right now. They should be in double A doing nothing but working on their breaking stuff. But... That's not the reality of this situation. You're down, Robbie Ray. Flexen's been a disaster. You tried to go with uh, McGee, who ended up getting hurt, and then it was uh, and, and then Marco. So you're really down four starting pitchers. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to make excuses for the Mariners. They don't deserve it. I mean, they they've done so many things poorly this year. But that is not nothing. I mean, to be down four starting pitchers is is a lot, and it shows just how deep they really are in terms of starting pitching. But what I see with both Miller and especially with Wu is two guys that have electric stuff that can clearly have command of their fastball and can spot it where they want to. And it, and it's, honestly, it's good enough to get out a lot of major league lineups most nights. But it's not enough to dominate. It's not enough to make yourself a complete... Major league starting pitcher right now And I thought that's what we saw with Wu And why he you know, ends up leaving after four and two-thirds Rather than get all all the way through five or six innings But you know what, that was awesome Good for him, good for his confidence Good for him to kind of see what he's capable of It's a bummer he wasn't able to get the win But you know what, they needed Spire to come in And get out Otani in that spot I don't think they should have in any We we might be talking about an angel sweep If he leaves him in to face Otani in that spot
2: yeah, I think that's a good assessment, and it'll be interesting to see because, you know, Passon told us he thought we would be ready next year. Um, Churchill came on with Bump Stacy last week and talked about how many innings he's had, so I'm interested to talk to, to, talk to Shannon later about what she thinks the long-term plan is going to be here if Marco is going
0: to be out a while. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably need to do something else. And and they do have options, right? I mean, they can always go with Tommy Malone and I mean, like they've got pieces inside their their organization that they can use. Some of it's probably going to depend on what their record is yeah. here over the course of the next few weeks. On one hand, you know, they're awful. On one hand, they're terrible to watch. On one hand, they're they're driving everybody crazy with the way they're playing baseball and they've pretty well cost themselves a shot at this division. On the other hand, they're five games out in the wild card. It sounds ridiculous. Doesn't feel like it. Right? Doesn't feel like it. But numbers are numbers, right? I mean, like, they they are, re- they are real. They have a reality to them. They're only five games out. So I think kind of where that number goes over the course of the next few weeks will dictate a lot of what they decide to do in that starting rotation. Uh, also,
1: shout out Longhorn Saloon and uh, Bo Edison. Great spot to watch. Okay. Great spot. <laughs> Oh, what's your shooters up there? Good Bo Edison. Huh? Bo Edison. All right. I'd strongly recommend. So make trip. Make a <laughs> hey, trip.
0: Hey, your recommendations work out for me. I generally, uh, I trust you, buddy. It's I good. trust whenever you give me a recommendation, <laughs> I know it's pretty good. Yep. 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 From Sorry. the place <laughs> you hooked me <laughs> up with in <laughs> San Diego last year yes. to, uh,
1: yeah, tacos Chukis this yeah, weekend. I'm happy yeah, no, to hear dude, it. I, I got you. Sorry, really No, you're fine. I included them around the weekend.
2: <laughs> People need the recommendations. And
1: Toby's and Cooper. I'll keep going. But
2: uh, all right. Uh Yesterday, Logan Gilbert had his shorting, shortest outing of the season, going three innings, giving up eight hits, six runs, two of those home runs, and only striking out two. Uh, Teasker Hernandez got the M's on the board with a two-run home run in the fourth, and Mike Ford added a solo shot in the fifth. Uh, the M's had a shot to get back in it when the bases were loaded in the sixth with the Angels leading 7-4, but could only come away with one run off of a Suarez sack fly.
0: Yeah, they have a way of really killing those rallies. Yeah, they do. They really have a, a just a special kind of knack year, for taking the big like, moment and not seizing it.
2: Last year, you had that feeling of like, I can't leave the room because right. something might happen here. And now you're like, eh, yeah.
0: Yeah, now, now you up. leave the room <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because sad. you don't want to see what's about to happen. Yeah,
2: seriously. Uh, uh, and Chris Flexen, as you mentioned earlier, continues to struggle going one, two thirds innings, giving up four hits and two runs. So the M's went two and six on this road trip. Um, On the bright side, Teoscar Hernandez is having a good June, hitting around 330 for the month. Uh, I think he had 11 hits on that road trip.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot better, and and there's no doubt. And, and, you know, the one that probably showed it better than any was the home run he hit last week where he reached down, got a curveball, and and was still able to deposit it over the left center field fence. He has been a lot better and, and frustrating to see that even as that's happened, it hasn't led to some of the overall success that this team still really needs, but you can't just continue to point and say, "Oh, Teo Oscar and Suarez, Teo Oscar and Suarez," because all of a sudden Teo's having himself a, a, a much better season and starting to do the things that Teo has done throughout the course of his career. Hey, one thing that uh, we didn't mention in there, and it's probably worth talking about. Please say Munoz. <laughs> uh, he was great, but it was actually Kelnick. Man, yeah, I mean, yeah. These are the things that are supposed to key a team. I mean, watching Jared Kelnick as a young player who is starting to hit the ball and having the kind of season, finally, that you've been waiting on him to have, seeing what he does defensively, the effort level, the diving, the crashing into walls and all that, those should be the kind of things that fire this team up, and I guess that's why it's so surprising that nothing is worse. Yeah,
3: Jared busted his tail on a couple balls down there in the corner. Um... <laughs> It's going to be a little sore. Uh, I think you realize you start diving around like that. We'll see how he is. Uh, may need a day tomorrow. Hope he's okay. Um, but uh, all out effort. As Jared, every time he steps on a baseball, if he wants 110%, he gives you everything he's had. And, um, even went in the stands to try to catch one there. But uh, hopefully it'll be okay. Uh,
0: that has been one of my favorite stories of this season. Obviously, just watching Kelnick in general turn into a legit major leaguer who has all of these different tools. But then just seeing the effort level and what he's willing to do defensively, base paths, et cetera, that's been a... That's been a I mean, it's not hidden because obviously we've all noticed it, but while everything else has gone so poorly for this group,
1: yeah. it's been nice to and see that. those things you don't see in the back of a baseball card. I love that about Kelly. Yeah. Uh,
2: no, no worries. And then on the negative side, Penn Murphy uh, came in, was looking good, and then appeared to re-injure himself. Yeah. Uh, service said MRIs today. He... Um, kind of re-aggravated a flexor mass strain that he was dealing with right. earlier. So,
0: Well, I think we know where these flexor masses tend to go. Yeah. Occasionally, they work out, and the guy comes back after a couple of weeks. More often than not, it seems to lead to Tommy John surgery. Yeah.
2: Well, let's cross <laughs> our fingers that that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I wanted to squeeze a little uh, Seahawks in here, even though nothing big happened over the weekend. But Boye Mafe joined Bump and Stacy at the end of last week, and we didn't get a chance to discuss it because um, there was a ton of P. Carroll sound to react to. Um, but I thought he had some interesting comments. Um, Right here, he talked about the difference in the D-line group already this year.
3: I mean, as a group, I feel like we're actually kind a lot closer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, it's becoming like a real room right now, and it's been really good. I mean, even the D-line, you know, we're starting to communicate. The communication level is like, you know, we're talking to each other about everything. You know, if something happens in practice, we, we handle it right then and there. So, I mean, it's been real. It's been really good. You know, J.R.E. coming back has been really nice. You know, learning and playing with him, it's a different game, and I, I, I've i been really enjoying it.
2: I was kind of curious as to whether that meant that like maybe last year with the new scheme it took a little while to get or like was there, were there yeah. maybe some chemistry issues or it's a, it sounded interesting to me to hear that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean Al Woods was sort of supposed to be the the leader there, although he was a guy I think they said he didn't talk a lot, but when he does, everybody listens. So maybe, you know, just having a little bit more vocal presence has been helpful for him this year. Um I like him, man. He he He's a really nice kid. He's got a Great story. He's a high-effort guy. He's built like a you know majestic. I mean, he's just unbelievable to 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 see.
2: Yeah, I'm hoping to see him get more chances this year.
0: He was uh, he was the guy they had starting. I mean, as much as I watched last week at minicamp, it was it was you know Chenna on one side and him on the other, and they rotated in the other guys. And Daryl Taylor wasn't fully healthy, so he wasn't participating, etc. But I mean, they sure seem to be playing a lot of Mafia because he's got in theory the ability to do all of it right I mean you, you look at Hall and he's big and he's physical and I think that he's going to be really stout against the run and everything else right now is going to be a bit of a question mark and Daryl Taylor is fast and he's lean and he's flying off the edge gets to the passer but I think we've seen over the last few years that everything else a bit of a question mark in theory if Boye can get it he should be the do everything guy he should be just as good as Jenna and we'll see whether or not he's able to take some of that leap this year
2: yeah, Daryl Taylor has proven to be a bit just kind of uh, maybe the decision-making isn't always on par in the moment. <laughs> I think Boye Mafe can maybe be a little more disciplined. And he did talk about how much he's been working on his speed this off season.
3: Speed is everything, you know, no matter what it is, especially in this sport, you got to be moving faster as you could. So, you know, I definitely train on speed, flexibility, getting different things off the field, you know, changing my routine a little bit, adding new things here and there.
2: It got me thinking about when you spoke to Pete Carroll back in May, um, how he kind of talked about how a lot of these edge rushers they have are all similar to each Mm -hmm. other, and it's because he wants like an army of fresh, fast guys coming at you.
3: Not as much as they're the same. I think they're more the same than they are different. They are all uh, have good speed. They're all athletic. They're all aggressive. They're all very strong, fit, you know, guys that are flexible enough that they can rush the passer primarily, but they also have the ability to do some, some coverage stuff that we can mix in to make us multiple. And the, I, I see them more similar in, than, than not. I think Derek is, is really a guy that kind of he captures a lot of um, what Boye has and what Chenna has and, and what Bruce had, uh, Bruce had last year as he came to us, and uh, uh, DT, you know, you've seen him. He's going to fit really well. We want a rotation. I want those guys to be just fast and furious coming off the edge.
0: Fast and furious.
2: Yeah. And then, like we said, it looked like Daryl Taylor had slimmed down a bit at uh, camp, too. So, yeah, I think. You know, really I thought
0: won. that, too, when we were watching and we see them all together. And then I was looking at him last week because uh, he wasn't practicing, but he was walking around. I was like, you know what? This dude's still giant. Yeah. He's still just absolutely <laughs> jack. So, I mean, you're talking about a matter of degrees. The difference between him to to uh, to, uh, to Mafe and then up to Derek uh, Hall. Oh, yeah. Definitely still Hall.
2: huge. I just think they are they are making speed a focus.
0: Clearly. Right now. You, yeah. know I, you know what? You know, that made me think of was Jake Bobo, too. Like the more we talk about it, he just listening to boys there say, you know, this game is all about speed, speed, speed. And then thinking about how Jake Bobo is like one of the slowest wide receivers <laughs> ever at the combine and yet always open, catches everything, has some size and some height and clearly was one of a couple it. of, def- you know, of, of rookies who stood out as, as undrafted Jackson, guys during I think camp I think
2: that didn't run the fastest 40. Either. True but so, I mean they got they got DK already though well right
0: and then it's and some of it is real game speed right yeah. like can you if you know what you're doing and you know where you're going can you play faster oh, yeah. that than somebody else much more we've sure seen it
2: yeah all right uh do you want a little uh, a little hockey here
0: yeah of course yeah, <laughs> why wouldn't
2: I the Golden Knights are one win away from winning the Stanley Cup Finals after winning game four three to two. The Knights jumped out to a 3-0 lead, but the Panthers have proved they're nothing, if not scrappy. They rallied to within a goal and ended up with a power play in the final 17 seconds where they came very close to tying the game and sending it to OT. Um, but that did not happen, and uh, chaos ensued post-game. Multiple fights broke out, and the fans were throwing trash on the ice. <laughs> it's all in front. Oh! It's all
3: over. Panthers come back close to setting this game to time for the Knights winning 3-2. And a mad scramble here at the end, guys. Bennett and Carlson down on the ice. Kachuk and, and Trangelo, who came out of a penalty box, are involved as well. If you're Matthew Kachuk, you, you got to be awfully careful here. <laughs> Fans throwing water bottles on the ice. This is embarrassing right
1: now. <laughs> Don't love that. Happens. Does it? Yep. A lot? I mean, more, the Stars? Were,
2: weren't the Stars doing it um, in their series after ours, I yeah. yeah. Happens
0: more than you'd think. Huh. Happens more than you'd like. Stuff getting thrown out on the on the ice. Vegas just been the better team, though. I mean, credit to Florida for being scrappy and for getting as far as they have. And maybe they turn this around and, you know, beat the odds and yeah. end up uh, coming back from 3-1. But... I think Vegas has just been the better team. I mean, what are you going to do? Matthew
2: Kachuk's been like a one-man wrecking crew, but he's banged up. And, yeah. and I think they're they're slowing to a, Vegas a little bit of a They're yeah. really
0: deep. I mean, it, you know, not unlike the Kraken, but with some real legitimate top-line kind of talent. They're just deep. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, like, and, and they kind of just keep coming at you. They don't make a lot of mistakes. And they played really good hockey with a goalie that they basically found off the scrap heap. It's pretty crazy. Yeah.
2: Game five is tomorrow, so they have a chance to win it then. Uh, also, shout out to the Coachella Valley Firebirds, the minor league team for the Kraken. They are up two nothing in the Calder Cup Finals um, after a. Another shutout of the Hershey Bears. Uh, Joey Decord has 58 saves and has allowed no goals.
0: He's been phenomenal. Eights. Remember, we had that conversation at some point, and it didn't end up becoming reality, and certainly Grubauer was pretty darn good once they got to the, to the playoffs. But we did have a conversation when Decord came up and played pretty well, knowing how, what kind of a great season he had had in the minors. Like, Hey, could we see Decord? Could we even see uh, Chris Drieger, one of those guys, end up kind of starting even in the playoffs after not playing much during the regular season? Didn't end up going that way. It probably tells you, I would think, that Martin Jones isn't going to be back next year, right? I mean, he's a free agent. You have Grubauer signed, and then Drieger was supposed to be a starter when he first got here, and and Joey Decord's had a really good season, Kinda of feels like maybe Martin Jones won't be back next year, just my guess.
2: Yeah, I could see that. Um, game three for them is tomorrow as well. They're up to nothing on the Hershey Bears in a best of seven. Hershey um, Bears. Yeah. <laughs> Love yeah. that. Apparently their the uh, Coachella mascot did something where he went into like their their shop at the stadium and took out all the M&Ms and then the Hershey bears were like is anyone going to tell him that's not that's Mars that's not Hershey so <laughs> it's a weird little I mean that was actually the first thing I, thing I thought there. of when you
0: said that like f- candy? I mean like M&Ms cool but that's a Mars get candy rid of all the chocolate. I mean, I guess, but like Hershey's like, oh, cool. Get rid of the Nestle stuff. What do I care? You're just beating the competition. Thanks. Speaking
2: of mascots, we we only have, I was going to get into the Nuggets heat, but we only have a minute here. The Nuggets are one win away from a championship as well, uh, which would be their first in franchise history after defeating the heat 108-95 on Friday. But during the game. (laughs) <laughs> the Heat took another L when their mascot Bernie took part in a skit with Conor McGregor. Oh, I saw it was this. Meant yeah. to promote a pain relief spray, yeah. so he was supposed to like deliver some blows to the mascot and then spray this pain relief spray on him. But apparently. McGregor doesn't know how to act that well cuz he actually like hurt the mascot and he had to be
1: go dude. to the hospital. The hospital. Yeah, he yeah. like laid the dude out, right? Yeah. Come out just just lightly punch Bernie. Dude, I'll tell
0: you, I, you I what, don't, do don't mess with Blitz like that. Blitz will take you down. <laughs> I'm just saying like Blitz is one of the best athletes I've ever seen. Quite so strong. do not even come close. Uh,
2: well, Jamal Adams did it to the Patriots mascot at the Pro Bowl.
0: Yeah, Patriots mascot doesn't have Blitz's sort of, you know, <laughs> speed, size combination. Few mascots do. All right. Uh uh, coming up here, thank you more. Great trip around the weekend. Um, it was, uh, you didn't really get to you know the best part of the weekend, which was the RBC Canadian, but that's fine. I knew you
2: guys were, you are, you covered it in the first yeah, segment. You well, covered it in Need to Know. We'll come
0: back to it throughout the day because it was that awesome yesterday. What was not awesome was those three Mariner games, and it leads me to two big observations we'll dig into next. Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com.